Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I am joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com, the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports as well. You can get that at 102.9 FM in Tuscaloosa, weekdays 11 to noon. The Talking Tide podcast available at our web host, first and foremost, at podbean.com. You can always get the podcast quickest off the web host. Uh, also available, though, on various apps, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And this edition of the Talking Tide podcast, of course, focusing on Greg Burns' lightning quick hire of Nate Oates as the new basketball coach at the University of Alabama. Travis, Nate Oates comes in uh, from... Buffalo, a young guy, just 44 years old, was coaching high school basketball as recently as 2012, uh, but a, a pretty meteoric rise, I guess you could say, through the mid-major ranks, and and uh, now here he is arriving uh, uh, in a power in a power conference. Yeah, developed a relationship with previous Buffalo head coach Bobby Hurley while serving as a high school coach in the state of Michigan. Hurley at the time was recruiting for Rhode Island, where Hurley's brother Danny uh, was the head coach. Uh, And that turned into a a job on the staff for Bobby Hurley uh, at the University of Buffalo. Uh, Hurley moves on to Arizona State, and next thing you know, uh, here's Nate Oates, a Division I head basketball coach. And, you know, I think the perception at the time, I probably even thought this when Hurley left for Arizona State as well. You know, that was a nice little run there by Buffalo, but, you know, we won't hear from them again uh, there in the MAC conference. But, you know, if anything, Nate Oates took what Hurley started and and transcended that to an even higher level. Uh, And talking with some people associated with that Buffalo program up there, uh, had some attrition in his first season before he was going into that initial season at Buffalo proceeded to hit the junior college ranks, brought in a really good group of high school players and then went on a run of his own three NCAA tournament appearances in the last four years and wins over Arizona and then Bobby Hurley and Arizona state here most recently. So, you know, in terms of checking boxes for that trending rising star, in the coaching ranks that we've so often seen, I think you have to say that that Nate Oates definitely checks all those boxes. Bobby Hurley, of course, one of the great NCAA tournament players of all time, and I know one of the all-time favorite college basketball players for one Travis Ryer. i got to ask you, Travis, does a couple of years on the bench sitting next to Bobby Hurley buy Nate Oates a little cred, a little capital with Travis Ryer? It doesn't hurt. Although, again, in talking with people up there, pretty different guys uh, in terms of Hurley and and Oates as far as personality. Uh, Nate Oates is his own guy. So, you know, if you had the thought that that was kind of an extension of Bobby Hurley once Hurley left for Arizona State, I don't think that was entirely the case. And, you know, style of play, Nate Oates, very much his own guy, likes to get up and down, likes to get shots up quickly first, good shot. Um, approach to offense, tough man-to-man defense. So, yeah, you can see some Hurley-type, Duke-type stuff uh, in, in what Nate Oates is about as a basket by basketball guy. But, um, you know, and again, what I gathered was that Bobby, especially with the media, 
a little more like the prototype coach in that guarded uh, when it came to those situations more so than Nate Oates. From what I've gathered, and I think we saw some of this at his introductory press conference, this isn't a guy to, that's afraid to say exactly what's on his mind. So from that standpoint, uh, it should be a very interesting tenure coming up with Nate Oates. Nothing guarded at all with a microphone in front of him uh, by by all accounts. I think he, he uh, uh, popped a couple of eyebrows uh, at that first presser when he said, well, maybe some of these guys in the transfer portal ought to be there. Uh, so, and, and as we know, I guess we've got some late breaking news, Travis, that John Petty reportedly has decided he's uh, going to stay at Alabama. So I guess he'll be, if he hasn't already, withdrawing his name from the transfer portal. Uh, Daniel Giddens' name is in there. Dazon Ingram's name is in there, as we know. And, of course, Kira Lewis Jr. as well. Kira Lewis certainly the guy that Nate Oates is going to be focused on more than any other as far as getting somebody to stay. Uh, but, yeah, maybe, maybe Petty deciding to stick around uh, kind of helps in that regard. Yeah, Jeff Goodman of Stadium.com had that report here in the last little bit that John Petty is, in fact, going to hang around with the new staff coming in. And you know, why wouldn't he? Uh, it would be my question. You know, you talk about a, a system under Nate Oates that on a nightly basis, a game-by-game basis, you're going to look for somewhere in the neighborhood of 33-point attempts per game. I think Buffalo this last season averaged right around 28 threes per game. So if I'm John Petty and I'm a shooter, uh, that would seem to be pretty attractive to me. You're right about Lewis, though, and for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, you know, he's a he has the potential to be uh, an elite point guard, not just a starting point guard, starting caliber point guard, a good point guard in the SEC. He, he's, he's on the edge of becoming elite and also because you don't really have numbers at the point guard position right now. Dazon Ingram's in that transfer portal. He's expected to stay there uh, and move on. Uh, you, you know, Avery Johnson Jr. moves on. You don't really have point guards on this roster until you get Kira Lewis, uh, Kyra Lewis back, uh, if you do get him back. So even if Lewis does make the decision, the about face and returns to UA, in place for this staff, you're still going to have to address the point guard position from a depth standpoint. Got to get a couple more ball handlers in there, yeah. whether, whether Lewis stays or goes. Uh, no, no question about it. I, you get tired of Alabama having one ball handler on the whole roster. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the way it was with Lewis last year. It's the way it was with Colin Sexton the year before. You know, we, we've seen teams where Trevor Relaford or Ronald Steele or whoever you pick a name out of the – pick a point guard out of the hat. Seems like too many Alabama teams never have a two or, God forbid, a three that could really handle. And maybe that's a direction Nate Oates will, will take this program. If it's a guard-oriented system, uh, and that's what college basketball has become, and they're going to be jacking up a lot of three-pointers, then, uh, then maybe that's what you'll see. Be interesting to see how things go with Petty. Uh, definitely a, a, a shooter and a guy who's got a stroke and can get hot. And from that standpoint, maybe a really good fit with this uh, with this Nate Oates offense. Um, but what about the rest of it, right? Because, you know, Oates preaching tight man-to-man defense, high-intensity effort all the time. Seems like when John Petty's not scoring, sometimes he checks out a little bit. 
on the mental side of things. And so that's something that one would assume Nate Oates is going to be looking to break. Yeah, I think that the aggressive approach is going to help some of these guys too because we talk about the ball handling aspect of the last three or four years. Well, I think it was underscored by the fact that there was just too much dribbling in general, Chase. You know, it was it was very much point guard dominated, lead guard dominated on the ball. There was pounding the ball, pounding the ball. Seemed like it was always a situation where you were waiting on a high ball screen, whether it was Colin Sexton, Retno Basahan, or Ky- uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. this year. I don't think that's going to be the case as much. I think there's going to be an emphasis on pushing the ball, but that doesn't necessarily mean a lot of dribbling. That means getting the ball out on the outlet pass, making some passes to get the ball at the court instead of being dribbling dominant um, like they seem to have been the last few years. But, yeah, I mean, again, from a roster standpoint, it's going to be very interesting. They have three early signees, Jawan Gary, a a small forward, a couple of shooting guards, and Jalen Forbes and Jaden Shackelford. Not sure if one or both of those guys can play a little bit on the ball for you. Um And then from a staff standpoint, Chase, you know, this is a guy originally from Wisconsin, coached high school ball in uh, Michigan, uh, then went to Buffalo. From a staff makeup standpoint, got to think, and you heard some of this at the press conference on Thursday, that there's going to be a a Southern flavor, at least, uh, in some of these hires that Nate Oates makes from a staff standpoint. Yeah, recruiting, definitely something to touch on before we get out of here on this edition of Talking Tide. Obviously, no SEC roots, no roots in the South uh, with Nate Oates. Recruiting the lifeblood, as it always is, especially in college basketball, where, as we saw a year ago, it only takes one big-time signee to kind of to kind of carry things, as we saw with Colin Sexton. Uh, you hire a mid-major coach, it's it, it's a wait and see thing in terms of results for sure, but is it is it even more of a wait and see when it comes to recruiting? I think it is. It is, and I think you're going to find out real quick because you got a guy, a five star forward, about an hour from here over at Mountain Brook High School, and Trendon Watford. You saw him in the McDonald's All American game a couple of nights ago. Had a nice performance, ten point seven rebounds, I believe, four assists. So he remains in play for this late signing period. He's expected to make his decision up at the Jordan Brand Classic on April the 20th. So one of those major items on Nate Oates' to-do list involves Trenton Watford. And again, with the attrition that's anticipated via the transfer portal, uh, I don't think that's the extent of it, though. And, and we've seen... Uh, when you look at what Nate Oates did at Buffalo, this isn't a guy afraid to hit the junior college ranks either. Now, it's a little different level here uh, going to the Power Five, uh, but in terms of his recruiting makeup during his time at Buffalo, uh, he took in transfers, four-year transfers. He hit the junior college ranks, and he did a nice job on the high school level as well. So in in addition to Watford, uh, there, there could be a couple of three other uh, opportunities that we see in terms of early recruiting prowess from Nate Oates. Hey, Travis, you pay a little bit more attention to college basketball in general than I do, and so I'm going to throw an opinion out here, but I'll defer to you if you disagree. 
it seems to me that at the mid and look in all of college basketball, whether it's power conferences, mid major, what have you, player development and recruiting go hand in hand. They're both important. That's a given. But it seems to me that at the mid major level, the scale weighs a little heavier on player development. And maybe you don't have to be such a world beater as a recruiter to succeed. Whereas if you're in a power conference, the recruiting side of it maybe weighs a little heavier than the player development side. Is that fair? That's what I, that's what I seem to observe. Yeah. I I mean, it's hard to deny that when you look at the blue bloods, um, you know, it's kind of like Alabama football. Uh, It's, and it's even more so I would say in hoops because of the one and done aspect obviously whereas in football you're going to have a guy for three years so there's a bigger window bigger opportunity for player development um with the elites that's that's not much the case but there are far more programs that are in alabama's shoes than they are in that of duke's or kentucky's or even kansas or some of those programs so no it's still very important from a player development standpoint i would I would point to Texas Tech right now, Chase, and you look at Chris Beard and the job he's done out there. Uh, he's got them in, a, in an Elite Eight again. Uh, you know, Texas Tech lost five seniors from last year, you know, and you're thinking, well, it, we might not see the Red Raiders in this spot again for a couple of years. Well, they have obviously done a good job under Chris Beard of getting that next wave of players ready to go because here they are right again. That's the type of program that Alabama has to t- try to emulate. Sure, if you get those one and done sprinkled in like a Colin Sexton every few years, great. But more so than anything else, I think Alabama has to kind of follow that lead of Texas Tech. You saw what Purdue did. Uh, against Tennessee on Thursday night. Uh, and even Tennessee is, is kind of that same type of program under Rick Barnes. Really, really good player development leading to this type of run, uh, but not necessarily heavy on guys that are slam dunks for the National Basketball Association. And we talked a little bit about the guards and what Nate Oates has got coming back, maybe what he's going to be trying to hang on to with, with, with Keira Lewis. What about the bigs? What are we looking at here uh, as he gets started? Travis, you got uh, an outstanding big man in Dante Hall who moves on. You, you've got a, a big man in Daniel Giddens who's in the transfer portal, may not be back. Uh, Galen Smith, a guy who gave Alabama some bench minutes, but it's it seen. And out, look, Alex Reese is a big guy, but he's not an under the basket player. So if you're Nate Oates, you look at you look at what you got in the post, and uh, in a lot of ways, uh, there's probably as much or more work to be done there than there is with the guards. There could be, although I would argue that this system might work well for Alex Reese. Alex Reese, right now, and in, in, at this point in his development. He's a Euro big. That's right. what I constantly refer to him as. He's more comfortable out on the perimeter. Uh, he could be a sort of Chuma Okiki type, you know, and Alabama fans don't like to hear this comparison, but I think the style of play is probably going to be similar to what you see from Bruce Pearl and Auburn. And Auburn has some of those sort of hybrid stretch bigs that are capable of knocking down shots from the perimeter. So, It'll be interesting to see. Reese might flourish in this system. Um, Javian Davis Fleming is a guy to keep an eye on, Chase. He redshirted this year. Yeah. We'll talk about bigs. Uh, I've heard some really good things about the potential of this young guy. 
Um, so he's a name to sort of keep in mind as we move forward here. I, I still think, though, in terms of immediate need, you know, you touched on it with ball handlers, uh, point guard depth in general. Um, you know, I kind of think that's where it sits right now uh, for Nate Oates in this, in this yet-to-be-formed coaching staff. By the way, talking with uh, someone associated with the Alabama program here in the last 24 hours, you can expect that to start to, to come to fruition here pretty quickly in terms of staff. Uh, that that's not going to be something that's that's going to take a, even a week or so, I don't think, to to start to form. Yeah, Petway, Pelfrey, these guys get looks. Do you think the the Alabama assistants under Avery Johnson, or, or does Nate Oates just wash it out and start fresh? Do you think? Yeah, I, I think there's a possibility for one of those guys. I think a support staffer like a Colton Houston, if Colton is still interested in staying in this business, he's been through, I think, three coaching changes as sort of a director of basketball operations type at UA. Um, he's a guy that, that in that, in that sort of role could hang around too. Um, but I, I think that, you know, I, I think that, that, uh, that Oates feels pretty strongly about Brian Hodgson. Uh, one of his assistants at Buffalo is lead recruiter up there. If he doesn't get the head coaching job at UB, then he comes down for sure. I think so that leaves you a couple of spots uh, and then you can evaluate your holdovers and and go from there. How much but you're gonna you're gonna have to be a re, you're gonna have to have at least one guy with at least regional experience from both the SEC and recruiting standpoint. Going to be a lot of momentum if Trendon Watford decides to play at Alabama here in about three weeks. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of challengers there. Nate Oates is. You got to consider even though Watford's from basically right around the corner geographically. Uh, th- there's some there's some heavy blue blood competition for him, and so uh, you you got to think it's an uphill climb for Oates. If he's able to pull that off, you definitely have a fan base that'll be paying attention right out of the gate. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, and you're right, Duke has kind of gotten in here late with Wadford, Memphis, LSU, Indiana have been longtime suitors. Um, so you kind of know where you're at with them. Although LSU with the turmoil there. Um, perhaps that helps Alabama unless LSU promotes from within, which they very well might. Um, but the uncertainty with that program can't help. Um, you know, so Alabama still seems to be right in the thick of it and, and a lot of intrigue around that. But it, but also interested to see at some of these other spots how Oates might go about sort of trying to fortify some things on the ball and uh, on the perimeter as well. If your guy K is pulling on all the stops to get Watford over to Duke, that's going to be a uh, tough pull for Nate uh, Oates. Yeah, and and that's the that's the question right now, and it has been for probably about a a month now. Exactly how interested how yeah. interested is Duke in Trendon Watford? Because if you're Alabama, LSU, the rest of those teams, Penny Hardaway up at Memphis, you don't want the full court press from K. Uh, that typically doesn't end well for everybody else at all. <laughs> no, not at all. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Going to thank some sponsors really quick before we get out of here, starting with North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley for your dental needs, for your family's dental needs. Be sure to go over to North River Dental right off of McFarland Boulevard. It's at 1100 Fairfax Park, kind of right behind the Jimmy John's over there. Uh, easy to get to for sure. 
state-of-the-art office, a professional staff. The phone number is 752-3506. Also, uh, go to NorthRiverDentist.com on the web. You can set up an appointment there. They're great with handling insurance people if you need some help with that. Uh, they're great about giving you a little reminder here and there. If you need to remember not to miss that appointment, they'll text you, they'll email you, whatever you want. Uh, and it's a, a great way to go for all your dental needs. It's North River Dental Associates. Going to tell you about Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa out there, 3200 Skyland Boulevard East. That's where you're going to find the very best combination of automobiles, both new and certified pre-owned, waiting for you right now at Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa. Go to MercedesOfTuscaloosa.com. You can check out the entire inventory that sits on the lot today. Do that at MercedesOfTuscaloosa.com. Then make your way to 3200 Skyland Boulevard East for the very best in selection, sales, and service after the sale. It is Mercedes-Benz of Tuscaloosa. Also, Cartier and Lloyd, attorneys at law, right there in downtown Tuscaloosa. Mike Cartier and John Lloyd, a pair of local attorneys who, between them, have a combined 60-plus years of legal experience. That's right, since 1992, Cartier and Lloyd, attorneys at law, have represented Alabamians and others from across the United States. 205-759-1554. Also, check out the website, www.cartelloydlaw.com. That's Cartier and Lloyd, attorneys at law. All right. We'll be getting back into the football topic, of course, coming up with our next edition of the Talking Tide podcast. I'm sure we'll be talking Alabama scrimmage and so forth next week. Stay tuned for that. For now, we're out of here. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover. We'll see you next time right here on Talking Tide.